Hey, Tammy. Hey, Caitlin. You ready for our first episode? I sure am. Me too. I'm so excited. Um, Before we get started, though, I wanted to make a PSA. Um, This episode does discuss sensitive topics, including rape, abuse, and murder, and may not be appropriate for all ages. So just keep that in mind while you're listening to the podcast. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about um, The Demon Next Door is a book written by Brian Burrow. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he wrote a book about Danny Corwin. Have you ever heard about him? I have not. Okay, so he is a serial killer out of Temple, Texas. Oh, geez. Um, Temple is only a couple hours from us um, in the DFW area, and apparently this is one that was kind of brushed under the rug a lot and um, didn't get a lot of media attention. So he went and he uncovered all this because he actually is from Temple himself, and um, went and found all this information on Danny, who uh, was a three-time serial killer. He raped, stabbed, and strangled women for almost 15 years before he was finally brought to justice. Lord Isn't that crazy? Jesus. I know. So this story is going to talk all about this trash can of a human being and how he managed to evade justice and kind of fly under the radar for so long. And it's really just twisted and sick. So you ready? I'm ready. Right. Let's do it. Corwin. He was the second of four children. He had blonde hair and blue eyes. Um, he was from a devout Presbyterian family. His parents were Phil and Nan, and they were actually from originally from upstate New York. Um, I'm also from upstate New York. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was from where I was, but I really couldn't find any information as to exactly where in upstate it was. Um, he was born in California. There they you were, have it. They were a little bit nomadic, which is kind of funny because, you know, I'm from upstate New York. My husband's from California. I don't know. And now we're all in Texas, so it's a weird, <laughs> weird connection there. But um, anyway, so they were kind of nomadic. They bounced around a lot before they settled in Texas. Um as far as um, his personality, he seemed to be pretty well liked by most adults because he was very dependent on adult approval. Mm. Um, he was actually adored by younger kids. He was a babysitter, even. Oh, nice! Right? Nice. Wouldn't you want him to babysit your kids? Oh yes, call oh, just, him up. Just wait till you find out. You want him. You want him. His number right away. <laughs> um, so, but then the kids his age are the ones that really described him as a little bit more awkward and. Um, he was like really non-communicative and just it was he was uncomfortable especially around females he was his own age he was just like super nervous wouldn't look them in the eyes um notably a lot of people said that he he was remembered as being someone who would sit in class and pick his nails with his knife weird oh it oh what year was this? 19... That's a good question. So he started... His fiasco started in 1974. So um, this is the early 70s, I guess, is when all this kind of started. Um, so he could bring his switchblade? I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, they just don't do that anymore. Not now that we have to... Cut like, that apple. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but he did have some early signs of serial psychopathy, even though they just kind of overlooked him because... You know, all this stuff is totally normal. For instance, he was a bedwetter into his teens. Oh, oh, dang. Yeah. Yeah, they do say that. 
Is they it, do yeah. say, I mean, not younger kids, obviously the bladder is still growing. I'm not a, well, yeah. I'm not a physician, <laughs> but, um, teens is too, way yeah. too, too late to be bedwetting for sure. And they've often said that that's a, a sign of some kind of something that's off. So not necessarily like a serial killer, but a lot of serial killers do bed wet, you know? Um, he killed his sister's cat after they had an argument. Uh, that's a huge one. Yeah. That's, that's a, a major one. red flag. Um, he was actually caught as a peeping Tom. So who's found like peeking into bedrooms of neighborhood girls at night, which is typically something that you see in serial rapists as well. So he began as a peeping Tom. Um, and according to one psychologist who examined him a little bit later in life, um, from an early age, he began having sex with animals. So none of that information was ever like brought into court documents or anything, but it was documented by this psychiatrist. So, um, how did how did anybody miss all these red flags? I, I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, hindsight. So, you can say hindsight is 2020, but all this stuff was there, and they just kept ignoring it in my mind. You think that's why I killed the cat? Because the cat was gonna was gonna yeah, tell, right? That like they had a relationship. <laughs> yeah, ew, gross. <laughs> that's probably how the cat died, right? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, probably. Right? I'm, oh yeah, no. For, uh, Poor cat. Lord Jesus. I hope so that cat haunts him. I hope so too. Um, so in 1974, um, this girl, Kathy Choate, she was 14 years old. She was babysitting for actually Danny's next door neighbor. They had a baby and she was babysitting. After she put the baby to bed, she decided to turn on the TV and watch a movie. Well, a couple hours into a movie, she heard something in the other room. So she got up to check on it and found their back sliding door ajar. So what do you think she did? Oh, she's white. She went, she's white, right? <laughs> yes, I think so. She no, that's a good question. I actually don't know. <laughs> oh, if she, she were white, she went and checked it out. <laughs> <laughs> so she checked it out and saw that it was open and, uh, you know, just locked it, closed the door, locked it, and went back to watching her movie. Locked Danny and the cat in the house with her. Right? Oh, God. Oh, poor girl. I mean, common sense. I can't say that I would have had more common sense at 14 either, but still don't lock the door. Mm-mm, I just mm-mm. want to scream, don't lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know, maybe about an hour later or so, she hears uh, the baby crying. So she goes down to check on, and I get mixed information. On a podcast, Brian says that it was a baby girl, and in the book, he says that it's a baby boy. So whatever it was, it was a baby. Um, she goes down to check on the baby, and as she's on her way down the hallway, she gets grabbed by the throat by a naked Danny. Uh, he pulls her into the master bedroom, demands that she takes off her clothes, and then throws her on the bed and rapes her. Just rapes her. And so, you know, he finishes, and she gets up and gathers her stuff and, like, runs into the bathroom and locks herself in there. Right? You know, Forget the baby. I know. the poor. I thought about that. The poor baby just crying away in there. Thank God the baby wasn't hurt, though. I mean. Oh, no, for sure wasn't his type I guess I don't know but the baby wasn't touched in all of this thank goodness if but I had the baby I'd be like what the hell did I ever do to you <laughs> yeah yeah why is nobody helping me right there's a good reason little baby um so she's in the bathroom and she's trying to compose herself after all this and he knocks he knocks on the door while oh. she's in the bathroom oh. so he is caring uh no about himself <laughs> he's caring because <laughs> when she grabbed her clothes she also grabbed his shirt Oh, oh, mm-hmm. I thought maybe he might be asking her how it was, but... <laughs> well, yeah. maybe. Because mm. um, he just came out naked. He did, yeah. Well, he was prepared. Uh, yeah, I mean, this, but that Sitting just shows that this was completely premeditated. Yeah. That he must have known, like, she was home by herself babysitting. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, the book said she was out in the front, like, watching, like, playing with the baby. So maybe he saw her, realized oh, the dang. parents weren't home. I don't know. Because he thought it through. Yeah. 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 So, um, just, he's just a sicko. But, um, so yeah, he, so in the, in the heat of everything going on, she's in a dark bedroom. She couldn't see him during that time when he was raping her. But now she's in the bathroom. She answers the door and can see his face completely because he needed to get his shirt back. So he like, he, he gets his shirt back. She realizes he could just knock down the door. So she may as well just open it. Oh, hell no. Whatever. Hell That's no. <laughs> Girl grab stuff from the bathroom know, there's right? hairspray you You're can right. use that as mace like i am not opening the door yeah no take the baby i'm done i no. <laughs> sorry little baby <laughs> i don't even know that she ever went and checked on the baby honestly um but yeah, yeah can so, the baby call in yeah no. God, the baby's probably still alive that's yeah yeah that's a good point i they didn't name the baby so but um so yeah, so he he asked for his shirt back. She could totally see his face, and I think in that moment, the moment he was like, "Oh, uh, you don't know me, by the way. I go to a different school." That's it's what he so said weird. to her. Yeah, like just walk away without your shirt. They didn't have DNA back then, so I don't know what he was worried that they were gonna find. I guess maybe they could tie it back to him, like somebody could recognize the shirt, but she could recognize his face. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand what his idea was behind that. Well, he clearly thinks she's an idiot. Yeah, because. I mean, or maybe he's just that stupid himself that... I, yeah, I guess. He, I think both. I think he was really stupid, and she was just not sure what to do. Um, so so the parents of the baby, the Finns, um, they come home, and she's they find her crying in the bathroom. They call the police, um, and when the police arrive, they, they talk to her about what happened, and... She says she doesn't know who it was, but thinks it could be this kid, Speedy, from a different school. Um, so right there, that particular statement made it very difficult for them to pursue Danny, even though they eventually realized it was him. Um, so she, she sees him at school a couple days later and calls the police, and they... Finally. Yeah. Uh, I am. Yeah, but even though she could identify him, they still didn't, weren't able to... And he was the next-door neighbor. I'm not sure how, but that was apparently not enough evidence because she, she named a different person first. So they go Speedy. question Danny. Speedy, I know. I hope that's a nickname. Uh, yeah. I hope that somebody didn't just name their kid that. Well, there is a lady on TikTok that I follow, and she just named her kid Poot. Poot? Yes. Oh, good Lord. This poor child. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of crazy names out there now, but come on now. That, that's a fart. It is a fart. <laughs> I don't even understand why that would be a good name for your kid. It doesn't even sound good. What are you I thinking? Don't even know. What are people thinking? So, um, so after the detectives get his name from her, um, they go and question him with his dad. And during that conversation, his dad agrees to let them do a polygraph test with him. So he does three lie detector tests. And all of them were inconclusive. So they couldn't, I mean, we know now, they didn't really know it back then, but lie detector tests really don't hold much weight when it comes to court. They're just not very reliable. Um, but anyway, they were inconclusive. And so Danny couldn't be arrested because there wasn't enough evidence. The eyewitness testimony was a little bit tainted because she couldn't identify him at first. Um, and so it never got any media coverage. Nobody ever heard about it really. And, um, they, they kind of wrote it off as a misunderstanding because his family was going through some financial issues and had moved to a neighboring town. The parents were living in a mobile home on a lot 
in this town while they were kind of unemployed. His, I think his dad didn't have a job right away. Um, so they were living in this little mobile home and they had the kids sleeping in a tent outside the mobile home. Genius. Right? Gene, yes. I mean, from a parent's point of view, totally genius. I might do that with my kids one day. Do you think they, they dug a hole for bathroom sake? I, mm, probably. Prob- yeah. I mean, they had to, right? Unless there was an outhouse. I mean, it was the 70s. I doubt there was an outhouse. <laughs> I think they let them in. Had we come? I have to go. Had electricity been invented yeah. by then? I don't even know. Yeah. I mean, but going back to this polygraph, I, yeah. that's my theory on the polygraph is it's not a lie if you believe it. Like, I would literally like to take a polygraph one day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just to see, like, we should if do I that. try to believe the lie. I wonder if we could do that and maybe do it live Ooh. on our podcast. <laughs> like, but don't ask us, like, weird <laughs> questions that we don't... We have to approve the questions first. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to incriminate ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> not that we have anything Can't list up, literally out. criminal, but, you know, anyway. Yeah. Weird habits That would be do. pretty funny. That would be funny. I, but I, I mean, like I'm a genuinely... Like a in the shower. Like yeah. silly things yes. like that. Yes, I do. I'm just... Doesn't everyone... Yeah. Oh my gosh, just yes. <laughs> um, number two, no. Save water. Yes! I'm not getting out of the shower. Yeah. Sometimes the hot water... I digress. But um, yeah, no, I would hope in the 70s that... You know, it just goes to show like parenting was... And things were so much different back then with the so knife. totally Bringing different. the knife and then... Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, okay, the kids live in the backyard. I mean, at least they have I a tent. Know. Yeah, so he wasn't going to Temple High at that time. He was. They were out of Temple, so they were out of the same school district. Um, but yeah, they were. They were just like living in a tent, and I just can't imagine, especially like from a parent's point of view, that there was no room in the mobile home for them to come in and to, like sleep on the floor, right? My husband. I can say this. My husband's Hispanic. Um, they fit everybody in there. That's all I'm going to say. He's one of 11. And let me tell you. Clown car? They, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody fit in there. So listen up. Uh, what is this What is this guy's name? Danny, Danny Corwin. Danny listen Corwin. Up, Corwin's. You, you fit those kids in there. Yeah. You can put them in closets and pantries. It's almost like they were asking for one of the kids to be, like, taken so that they had less kids to take care of. <laughs> I know. Well, Just a weird, weird. No supervision whatsoever, yeah. obviously, through everything that... Yeah, maybe I'm just looking on. at it through the lens of 2022, 20, but I don't I don't understand why they wouldn't let the kids in the house. Can you imagine bad weather? Well, he was like killing that. the cats. So yeah, well, I, mean, I wonder if they maybe. knew that. Do you think they knew? I, I always think parents know more than they I agree, they yeah, they, like, you they know your kids. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a little bit of time goes by. He eventually ends up back in Temple. Um, the, the dad gets a job. They get back to Temple. But by the time he gets back to school, most of the people who he was friends with, he doesn't really have any friendships with them anymore. So he's kind of a loner. Um, and his family was still really active in the First Presbyterian Church that they were part of. Um, so they are chaperoning a youth group trip that weekend, and the entire family's going. And so Danny gets a, an early pass to get out of school around noon that day um, to go meet up with his dad so they could drive out to wherever this youth group is going to be meeting for the weekend. Um and that same day, a girl named Brenda gets a pass to get out early around 2 for some kind of a, a work thing. Um, so she gets out and she comes to her car and Danny is there sitting on the hood of the car next to her car. Um, so she says hi to him, gets in her car and is like fumbling for keys and well, Danny forces himself into her car. And she's like, what are, you, what are you doing, Danny? You know, she knew him and all of a sudden he's forcing himself into her car with a knife. Eventually she moves over. She's like, I don't have a cat. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, bad jokes, bad jokes. Um, so he starts driving. She says he's driving pretty erratically, but he only drives like a mile and a half away from the school to this like abandoned lot where, you know, he does his Danny thing and he gets naked, gets naked oh. and rapes her. Okay. And yep. Um, and what is she doing while he's getting naked? Well, I think he was telling her to take her clothes off. She was screaming, and he's telling her to shut up and ignoring her. And just... Did he have a weapon? Do you know? Yeah, he had the knife. Oh, he had the knife. Yeah, okay, he, okay. He, um, he forced his way in with the knife into <gasps> the car. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, he, he does, you know, rape her, and then by the time he's done, she kind of, like, is aware at this point that she doesn't think that he's going to stop at just rape. So she's trying to figure out what's going to happen next, and uh, eventually... He lets her put on some of her clothes and then um, gets her out of the car and wants to put her in the trunk. But lucky uh-uh. for her, her truck is her trunk is busted, and so she, he couldn't open it. Um, he so has a plan knife. B, Run! I know this isn't a gun. Even if it's a gun, I don't care. You're gonna shoot me because you're not doing all that nonsense to me. But it's a knife. Yeah. Like I'd be like, you're gonna have to catch me. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how big he was. So I wonder if maybe uh, it was hard. Like maybe she felt like he could catch her. I don't know. But we need pictures. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I've pictures seen pictures of, of his face, but I don't know, like, what his height is. I'm sure it says it on there. Uh, we'll post that. Um, you know, after the story goes live, we'll, we'll put that up um, so you can see what this guy looks like. Um, he didn't look creepy, at least from the pictures that I saw, but... I picture him with, like, knows. a leather jacket, like, one of those, like, real messed up leather jackets and, like, greasy hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, how. West Side Story type. Yeah, like, grease. <laughs> yeah, grease, yeah. Because of Danny, Danny, uh, what's his name? No, I mean, I picture him more like, because he has blonde hair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more greasy, slimy, dirty, like oil. I don't know why. Like nasty. Cat hair. Cat hair. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. So brats were harmed in the making of this podcast. Not in this podcast, no. (laughs) Just in the making of Danny Corwin. Yep. Um, So anyway, so she can't get in the trunk. He, He sees this dirt pile and he starts like, kind of pushing her towards it um he throws her down and he slashes her throat there's like blood going everywhere um he stabs her in the fleshy part of her arm which we very affectionately named the bat wing yes the bat Um, wing tries to to help her out there and get rid of that she probably didn't have a bat wing she was a teenager right yeah she wouldn't have had one if he stabbed her there right removed i don't know yeah anyway so um surgery gone wrong i know right he missed his calling (laughs) Um, so he does, he stabs her in the bat wing and he slashes her throat and she's like screaming at him to stop, obviously, and he's not stopping. And so he gets this really creepy grin on his face and he takes the knife and he starts to drive it in between her breasts and, um, just really slowly and he's staring at her super creepy the whole time. So at this point she realizes he is going to kill me. I, 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 you didn't realize that after the, the throat slash probably all happened really fast is my my thinking so she's Ugh. he's doing the thing and uh she realizes he's not going to stop until he thinks she's dead and so she does what i think is probably the hardest thing you would ever have to do in your entire life and plays dead how do you do that when you're bleeding everywhere and, oh and getting stabbed and getting stabbed like acting like nothing is happening i don't more power to her Brenda, you're a brave, strong woman because I don't know how you managed oh, to do something no. like and that. Oh, in that much pain. Yes. How do you just pretend to be dead? And then you have to, like, actively try to not breathe. So that or he, blink. Right. Do nothing. 
how do you, how, how, I don't know. Anyway, so she tries to play dead and he buys it. And so he gets up and he like finds this, this uh, piece of plywood and he throws it over her face and then he throws some dirt on her feet and he throws some hay over her. He's like, oh, I'm just going to throw a little here and throw a little there. And I don't know. That was like a makeshift burial. Yeah. He was not ready for that. He wanted the trunk. It didn't happen. This was plan B. He wasn't ready for it. So, um, she still lays there. He gets back in her car and sits there for a minute. She's just waiting it out, waiting until he leaves. And, um, she hears the engine start and he starts going and he's driving straight for her head Mm-mm. and she lays still and he's Holy trying to, he's moly. like basically playing chicken to just yeah. see, is lying. she going to do anything? She didn't. She laid there. Oh my God. I don't know how she did it. So she did and he didn't hit her. He just went right by her face, turned the car around, <gasps> and left. And so she waits a few more minutes to make sure he's actually gone, gets herself up somehow, like half naked, staggers to the road. A car passes her. Mm. Like, passes her. She's bleeding everywhere. She's half naked, and somebody passes her by, like, no big deal. And this is not the day of cell phones. So they probably weren't looking at a cell phone when they passed by no. and just didn't see it. And this is 70s, isn't this? The yeah. Time? The hitchhikers. Oh, yeah. you pick up a hitchhiker, you don't pick up this lady. Right. And a teenager, nonetheless. I mean, a teenager with slashed throat and bloody boobs and all that, and they just went by her. So <laughs> the like, second I car. Right. <laughs> I got places to be. Yeah. Somebody else will get her. I'm already late for work terrible so the second car did stop and they bring her to this gas station where they called the police and you know get her statement um and so the detective who shows up actually worked on kathy chode's case and knows exactly who it is because she was able to identify him. Mm. remember she knew who he was yep. when she came out so um they go to his house he's not there so they go to his mom's work and she's there with his, one of his sisters i think and um he obviously he's not there either so he's like hey we need your son so she gets in the car with him and they go to the meeting place where he's supposed to meet the dad um so danny by the way let me go back a little bit but he goes to park brenda's car and then starts walking back to the school and sees a friend of his drive by who picks him up i say friend a classmate this classmate picks him up and offers him a ride um, to meet up with his dad. So, you know, they stop for a drink. They get a soda on the way. So oh, he gets over to meeting his dad. And um, this is kind of where Detective Miller um, and his mom get to the meeting place where his dad is. And they see him in the driver's seat of their station wagon. Um, so he does what I always don't understand why law enforcement does this on TV shows. And now it happened in real life. But he throws on his sirens and starts, you know, uh, Danny Danny has a chance to drive away because he sees him coming now. So he takes off and they're in a chase now. Oh, my gosh. Right. Can I just say that every anybody that thinks they can outrun the police, I'm just, you're going to run out of gas. Right, right. Like, I know this is the 70s. And now, I mean, they have the they have the dogs and helicopters and all yeah. that. But you're going to run out of gas. Yeah. And eventually he just gave up and pulled over. Oh, my I know. So he gets detained, and he gets booked, and he serves 30 days in, pri- in jail, not in prison, but in just, like, the local jail, um, and in, in jail, he's raped during that time. Good. Yeah, I know. Karma, which mm-hmm. could have been worse, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he eventually... Been stabbed. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Eye for an eye. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he served the 30 days and then was released on a $10,000 bond. Um, 
uh, during this time, rumors started swirling about Brenda because none of the violent details about this case were released. So, of course, what do they do? Victim blaming. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Meanwhile, this poor girl had her throat slashed. Yeah. She's wearing scarves to school to cover the, the scars. It's just, and she's being then victim blameless. She's an easy girl. She's loose. She, you know, she had it coming to her. Blah, blah, blah. You Never, know ever, ever. Shit? Men. Men start right. this stupid. I'm sorry. It's well, true. women. Okay, I'll take But... She was stabbed. Okay, even if the sex were consensual. Let's just, I mean, it was. Right. But let's just say it were. She's a, she's, she deserves to be stabbed. Right. Even Get out of here. Because she's easy. She, I wish these people would call me. Anybody that was around during this time, call me. <laughs> so, um, he he's, his family's still really active in the church that he goes to. And they're church officials and um and members are going to bat for him and basically saying that he doesn't deserve um doesn't need that doesn't deserve to go to prison he just needs help so they just get him help he tried to freaking murder a girl where's he gonna get help like i don't know i mean i know we're good i just i don't i don't think that you can rehabilitate a Somebody who has those tendencies. No. You know what I mean? Serial killer. I'm not saying. Key forever. Yeah. Never, I mean, you amen. have those tendencies. It's very, very hard. Yeah. So um, he, his lawyer is actually a neighbor of his who is an ex-FBI agent. Oh, damn. Advocating for him. Oh. He's got like all these crazy advocates, like the mayor and one of the local television station people. All these people are behind him saying that, you know, just kind of not let him go, but they're like, he just needs help. You, It wasn't he's a good kid you shouldn't he shouldn't be taken down for this like they all were backing him it's ridiculous well, probably because he faked the funk with them i mean mm-hmm. it's not i mean look at how many True. people back ted bundy and still mm-hmm. swear that he didn't do that mm-hmm. because he was a sociopath like he was able to yeah, convince, other, convince people. other people that yeah. he's charismatic you know yeah which I didn't yeah. gather that from Danny, so I don't know how he managed to do I that. I know, he's greasy guys <laughs> with, a, with a freaking leather jacket. Yeah. Come on. Living in a tent. Living in a tent. Yep. Killing cats. Mm-hmm. Peeing the bed. Ew, his siblings had to be in there while he was peeing the bed. Oh, he peed the tent? Yeah, must have. <laughs> he was still a teenager. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, he was um, examined. Oh, he was examined by a psychiatrist um, during this time uh, when he had a lawyer, and you know they were going to take him to trial for for Brenda. Um, the psychiatrist diagnosed him with latent schizophrenia. Um, his lawyer also had him take another polygraph test, which he passed. And then right after he found out he passed, he decided to just confess everything. Oh, he just confessed it all. Um. Yep. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah, yeah, but it made it a lot easier for prosecutors. Even though, oh, even though, even at this time, people were still coming to the prosecutor saying, "Please let him go. Please let him off. Don't pursue charges." Blah blah blah. I don't understand these people. How can you sleep at night? Mm-hmm. So crazy down. I bet you he felt. Some, it's not all. The, not often, but um, sometimes it's almost like bragging. Like it kills them. Like some people want. Some of the killers want to be caught. Yeah. Because they want that notoriety. And things like that. So I, bet, I don't know. I I don't know Danny. I don't know the operation. Is he still alive? No, no. He was, he's put to death eventually because oh, okay. he's a scumbag. But um, yeah, he was looking for like, yeah, kind of like a bragging type. Yeah, the notoriety. Mm-hmm. So um, so Brenda's dad is like kind of a, a big name. He's the um president of the school board, and you know back then in Temple, Texas, when there's like you know thirty yeah, thirty five yeah thousand people. There's a uh, not that many people there and he was a big name and so you know the prosecutor kind of included his father in on some of the details um 
and how to how to proceed with the case. Um, so when Danny confesses and is now entering a guilty plea, he runs a deal by his dad because uh, or her dad because her dad doesn't want her to get up on the stand and have to go through cross examination and be re-traumatized after all that. And I totally get that, especially because now they're dragging her name through the mud and mm. seeming like she's it was she was at fault for being attacked. This town sucks. Ridiculous. So um, they come to him with a thirty-year deal and he's like hell no he tried to freaking kill my daughter no 30 years is not enough because he's out how old at this point uh probably about 17 oh so he'd be out and still have lots of life oh yeah okay yeah like uh mid 40s yeah yeah okay so um eventually they ended up settling on a 40 year deal of which he served nine years (sighs) nine freaking years i feel like there's drug dealers who serve more (laughs) you know what i mean like not that that's not a problem but you know whatever um so you know he gets into to prison he gets sentenced to 40 years and his dad is like you know what just take his time to better yourself get your ged take some college courses he's still attending church while he's in prison he becomes like the golden prisoner Mm -hmm. he's walking the halls with no permission he's you know got all this very lax Uh so i guess he must have been more charismatic oh you'd have to be you would have to be to snow these people like this but his own peers were the ones that were like creepo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he's while he's in prison, he you know they kind of assess him again, and one of the psychologists actually uh, got him to admit that he heard voices. So I mean, the schizophrenia, schizophrenia is still yeah. there. So we're not medicating. Where he's still in prison, he should be medicated. Um, do they not medicate in prison? I don't know. I mean, I would assume that they do, but I don't think they were. Huh. They just give him this diagnosis. Now this is a second psychiatrist to figure this out. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No, he was prescribed an antipsychotic, um, and eventually he was taken off of it because he responded well. He, yeah, you don't just become unschizophrenic because uh, medication this isn't an was antibiotic working. people. Yeah, yeah, My exactly, Lord. exactly. It's if working. Only. Let's stop. Yep. Um, so he, you know, he goes and he learns a trade. He becomes an auto mechanic. Um, he actually was even liked by the other prisoners. Kind of crazy. So after nine years, he he's able to apply for and is approved for parole because of good behavior. So not even a quarter of his term was served. So he's like twenty six. Around there, yeah. Mental math. Yeah, yeah. he's like twenty six. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so when he gets out, um, there was this girl Brenda. Oh, not Brenda. I'm sorry, Becky Exley, who had uh, known him from the church. She was a family friend from the church. She was actually encouraged by her his parents to go visit him in prison so they were able to maintain a friendship i can't know can you imagine and she she was younger than him he babysat her that yeah so she was even younger than him and was encouraged to go up to a prison to visit this inmate negative what the especially if he confessed it's not like we're claiming that he was falsely i mean this guy confessed and you want your daughter around this yeah so she was encouraged Uh, by his family her family almost like an arranged marriage of sorts sorry kicking you under the table here um (laughs) So after he gets out of prison, they become girlfriend and boyfriend, and she's like totally in love. Um, and is there no other? I mean, is there no other fish in the sea? Right. I mean, she just had those rose-colored glasses on, sister. I don't even know how you can romanticize this this guy who tried to murder. Well, because her parents are morons. I mean, you saw pictures of the guy. Is he good looking? Yeah, actually, he was pretty good looking. All right, well there you go. I mean, he wasn't ugly, at least from the pictures, but. yeah, so she, you know, they get he gets out. 
they start seeing each other and um you know at his house his parents like didn't discourage them from going in his room and having sex it was almost like they knew it was happening and so they just kind of like let it happen um although she did say that there were several times that he just now i think he might have been her first experience so or one of the first so he couldn't he couldn't perform because he wasn't stabbing her i guess right didn't have the right turn on cat wasn't there yeah and so since she didn't have much experience she didn't she didn't know it wasn't normal he just told her oh this is just something that happens but at the age of 26 yeah yeah it's not sister sorry to tell you um so you know he's trying to get his life back on track he's going to um marry harden baylor and wants to go to a&m and if you can believe it homeboy applies and is freaking accepted to a&m university a&m what the hell right what the hell yeah i just don't you understand have any background that. checks i feel like they have to right i mean maybe they didn't back question. then Do you, can you be a convicted felon and go to college like that was a question i had to i have no idea it's a good question uh, let anybody us know. that knows yeah anybody knows the answer to that let please. us know because i want to know too i want to know how he managed to get to, into something like to that. allow them on, on especially this type of right it's not necessarily that he was a felon and but i mean it, he was raping people so he's on campus with yep. other yep. women it was convicted it wasn't even just attempted it was he was convicted yeah. as a rapist those are violent crimes yeah yeah very um so he goes there but eventually he starts failing and he flunks out of school but rather than admitting it he didn't want to let down the adults in his life so he just kept up appearances that he was still going for like two years <laughs> like packs a backpack pretends to go to school every tuesday and Thursday. who knows oh who knows? my gosh yeah he, like packs his lunch thermos yeah and they, like Leather he even jacket. kept it up to the point where they would ask him how did your day go and he would talk about school like he was actually there and what he was oh learning in classes gosh. that's schizophrenia though Freaking like they have these ridiculous. totally different worlds in their minds. yeah well and i think he had to have some kind of like something other than schizophrenia because they don't i feel like schizophrenia is like hearing the voices and stuff like that but there was something in him that was like Compulsive i'm gonna lying. actively lie about this yeah and you know, it wasn't a voice telling him he was doing it because yeah. he wanted their approval. So there's some kind of personality disorder there. I think he, there was more than just schizophrenia. My well, personal, get, professional opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our professional opinions. Um, <laughs> he did go to Starbucks all day and get to think up these, like, wonderful fantasies. I know. I mean, where is he? I mean, does nobody, like, if I were the parents, I'd be like, don't you have a tuition bill I need to pay? Yeah, that's a valid question. Maybe, maybe they thought they were paying it. And he was just pocketing Ooh. the money. Who knows? So, um, you know, eventually they, he and Brenda start, and I keep saying Brenda, Becky. Becky is the girlfriend. Brenda was the victim. Um, Becky and him start talking about getting married. But during this time, she kind of uncovers some lies. Like, she, like so. even small lies, like where she finds a bill of his and is like, did you pay this? And he said, oh, yeah, I paid it by check. And then he went into his car and got a random check and gave it to her and she realized well he didn't actually pay it he just went in his car and got a brand new check and showed me that he paid a bill that never got paid so anyway weird things like that so she started distancing herself from him and eventually they did break up because that was the breaking point not the he is a convicted rapist um not that he has had sex with cats and um do you think he admitted that to her he had sex with animals at that point I don't know. What, oh, but did they... Oh, I don't Imagine know. Imagine that conversation. Awkward. I, nothing. I mean, I don't doubt anything at this point. But right. Not that he can't get it up. 
And I mean, in your 20s, you're in the prime of, you know, yeah. your hormones and all that. If it's not working, something's wrong. Yeah, exactly. Get it checked out. Right. Um, the fact, that, but what ends it for her is that he's about to ruin her credit because he ain't paying the bills. That's, yeah. that's the straw that broke the camel's back right there. Hey, whatever I mean, it is. It's just I, amazing I he never. Yeah, I just, <laughs> <laughs> She's like, ah, uh, you done messed with my credit. So I can overlook everything else, but you get my credit down in the 500s and that's it. We're and done. he even talked to her about his experience with Brenda and how he just like snapped one day and like he was honest about it. And so she knew what she was dating. She knew what she might marry. Mm. And mm. you're right. That's so yeah. funny that that's the thing that broke that damn credit score. back. But you know, teen love. They're all idiots. Love y'all, teen beaters. We you shouldn't teen, be listening we to our teens. podcast. Yeah. But I did stupid shit when I was a teenager no too. Um, not this though. Not this stupid. No. Although, <laughs> mess up my credit score. I did do and that was, in college. I messed oh, it yeah? up plenty. Oh yeah, because you know they send out the people looking to see if you want to get a credit card. So I got. I still have the credit card, but it's. I, I pay on it. It's you know I. It's active and makes good choices for me now, but it didn't when I was in college. So now I'm married to Mr. Krabs from SpongeBob. So. for. all right so that's that's becky so he's uh you know kind of on the outs with her and he gets a job working for um one of his advocates um and in the meantime he's still pretending to go to school and this woman alice martin she's 72 years old she's been married for like 55 years i think she goes to her church every day and she does this mile and a half walk and then turns around and does another mile and a half back to her car and she has it all mapped out and um i don't know maybe just a crime of opportunity but he must have seen her car out there one day and um she was later found raped strangled and stabbed and what's the most horrifying about this case i think is that they found her with a smiley face carved into her back with that so he's getting worse and worse well not that they could get worse but he's almost looking for a trademark it sounds like yeah yeah so um an asshole but i mean that's his mo like the car yeah. Like, he seems to find everybody in the car. True. Which is such a, I mean. That's true. I wonder if she was at her car when he, he attacked her. It's possible. We don't really know the details, but he probably could have just attacked her at the car and brought her back into the woods. Because he just, he realized that breaking into people's houses wasn't for him. I guess so. He's like, she's just going to lock herself in the bathroom. So, um, Danny was not initially suspected even though a witness did see a brown pickup truck in the parking lot that day and what does he drive a brown pickup truck um they of course looked at the husband and i think maybe a previous employer and nothing nothing panned out so that kind of fizzled out pretty quickly um then uh, a little while later deborah ewing who is a local ophthalmologist she was about 26 years old and she she's kind she's funny this part kind of made me laugh because she was described as never wearing shoes. <laughs> so I like imagine this little hippy dippy ophthalmologist <laughs> just walking around her office, no shoes on, barefoot. She's never heard of ringworm. Yeah, ew, gross. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Or, you know, like glasses, they have those teeny little nails, like the little screws that go in. She could be stepping on those all day. No joke. Ouch. This just gave me, like, when you said no shoes, I just thought of like her feet being like super black and dirty. Yeah, probably. Then, if anybody yes. ever watched the Dave Chappelle show, you're where Rick James had a shoes like, I'll wash shoes around your couch. Like, that's what she's doing. She's oh. like, her feet are all black. She's yeah. going in her house, bleh, in her bed. Yeah. Black feet. So she, her office was getting new cabinets, and Danny worked for the company that was doing the cabinets. Shocking. Uh, you know, um, that's how this ties in. So he was there doing that, and um, later that day, she 
she sees a man in the parking lot outside her office door with a gun. So she, she goes through this connecting door. There's, um, it was kind of a few offices, like a row of offices together. And I guess the neighboring office, they had a connecting door. So she ran through that and this employee Gina was in there and she's like, Oh my God, there's a man outside. He's got a gun. I'm so freaked out. I just peed my pants. (laughs) Poor thing. No shoes and peed your pants. And she's all freaked out. So Gina's like, well, well, let's go lock the front door. So they both go up to go lock the front door. And she sees the her, the blinds are down. So she only sees the bottom half of this man with a gun, what looks like a gun in his hand. So she oh freaks gosh. out. You're never going to believe what she does. She, she doesn't lock the door. She just goes into this office right next to her and slams the door and locks it behind her. No Deborah, just her. And goes under a desk and hides and calls 911. So she locks Deborah out of this office. <laughs> this is not funny. You know, this all for one. Funny. Can you even imagine? How terrible. She, I'm sure she, I am sure, all jokes aside, she must live with such serious guilt. Oh, for sure. For this. So, for sure. But everybody in the story is like every man for themselves. Yeah. You should never know what you're going to do in survival mode when you no have joke. to be confronted with that stuff. But um, so there, she didn't hear a struggle. Um, there was no signs of a struggle, but when the police made it there, like a minute and a half later, Danny and Deborah were gone. She was found, um, I think the next day or a day later, um, by a real estate agent who was showing land and she was found, um, stabbed and raped as well. Let me say as a realtor, there are like three things I don't want to walk in on. Like squatters that are, could you startle them? Bodies. And like dead animals. I just, yeah. 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 Poor realtor lady. I feel for you. Yeah. Not poor, what was the lady's name? Deborah. Yeah, De- not poor Deborah too. Um, she was literally thrown to the wolf. Yeah. Yeah, she was. See if I ever go ask for help. Mm-hmm. So, not for Gina anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, of course they look into the husband. They look into her employer. They talk to people and... When they talked to her employer, he mentioned that they had people working on the cabinets that day, and the description that Gina was able to give them of the man's bottom half um, led them to think it was Danny. How um, noticeable are these man's shoes? <laughs> yeah, I that heard. everybody's like, those are Danny's shoes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would not know what shoes you had on the last time I saw you, but they must have been some crazy clown oh. shoes, maybe? Maybe. Maybe like, clown shoes. Yeah, because they're like, those are... They're yep, notable. Those are Danny Corns. Like right the light-up kind? Yes. <laughs> like, that man's in some three-year-old shoes. <laughs> He's wearing my toddler shoes. I mean, he is a psycho. Would you put it past him? Yeah. Oh. I mean, to be identified by your shoes. Right? So, so yeah, so they call, um, they call his boss, and they call him in, but he was apparently like super even keeled and you know laid back and they just didn't think that he had the persona of oh somebody who did this oh my lord so you seem pretty easy going we're just you've never let done you this go. before right get the hell out of here yeah so after about 6 weeks no more leads just dried up they didn't oh, have any evidence uh huh now somebody fast just forward. go take this guy out of his misery i mean yeah. i mean f- the fathers the husbands i would have just yeah yeah, we would have had some, like, vigilante justice. Yeah. Well, we live in Texas, too. Well, yeah. I guess it's Texas. It was yeah. Temple, Texas. Temple, what are you doing? I don't know. There wasn't enough people to start a riot. I don't know. The pitchforks were, like, out of commission that day? What? Maybe they were using them in the, in the field. <laughs> <laughs> it was a farm town. We got our crops. <laughs> we got better, better things to do with our pitchforks. <laughs> I don't know. We're not wasting it on this guy. Yeah. 
Oh my god. They should have. They should have absolutely. Yeah. So um, at Halloween the same year, um, he, I want to say this is 87. I could be wrong, but I want to say it's right around there. Um, Mary Reisinger, she's got a four-year-old who um, is wanting to go to this carnival for Halloween. And so she takes her. Her sister was supposed to go. Uh, the girl's aunt was supposed to go with them, but she kind of backed out last minute. So she's like, whatever, I'll take her by myself. No big deal. On the way back, they stop at a car wash and she's out washing the car. Car again. Car again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's his thing. So um, he, gets a, he sees a car and it just does it for him. That's what does it for him. It's his thing. Weirdo. Mm-hmm. No doubt. He's a weirdo. So he sees her and he eventually in an interview with his, with, um, with Mary's sister does admit that he had sexual feelings. And so he decided he was going to kill her. And so he goes over See, and he, I'm saying. you can't, you can't get rid of those tendencies. Those tendencies are there. Mm-hmm. But you know, the medication started working, so he didn't yeah, need yeah, it yeah. anymore. He did his 30 days. Yeah. Totally. He did his time. He's done. Good Lord. So, uh, he stabs her twice, once fatally to the jugular. Um, she fought, she tried to fight because you know, her little girl was in the car. She witnessed the whole thing. Um, she eventually barricaded herself into the car and some witnesses drove by the car wash and saw Mary lying, bleeding out at the car wash. So they went over to the police station where there was an off duty police officer just kind of hanging out, looking to see if there was anything to get into. Um, so he, he jumps in the car. I think his wife was with him and he run, he goes over there, uh, to see what's going on. Um, and he finds Mary lying dead on the ground and then he realizes that there's movement in the car. There's a little girl in there. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. So he, he sees she's kind of like frantically moving back and forth and she's freaking out. I have a four year old, so I, I just cannot imagine. Oh, scarred for life. The trauma life. and what it would be like for them to have to process through something like that just is so awful. I'm, I'm grateful he didn't touch the little girl, mm-hmm. but almost like. He seems to leave uh, kids alone. He does. Thank God. Yeah. yeah. He just has a distinct, like, Ted Bundy. He did not like women. Hated women. Yeah. I don't know. So he he gets on. He's trying to coerce. Uh, the little girl's name is Kristen. He's trying to coerce her out of the car. I'm a police officer. I'm here to help. You know, you're safe now. I'm here to help you. And eventually he's able to convince her. But, you know, I, in reading the book, I think I know why she didn't get out of the car. He drove a brown pickup, which was the same kind of car that Danny drove. Mm. Um, so I imagine she probably saw a brown pickup and freaked out thinking he was back, not realizing it wasn't him. And so, um, she ran over and just like clutched to his leg and said, the bad man killed my mommy. Please Mm. don't let him kill me. And, um, just so heartbreaking. (sighs) These assholes. Or uh, let's see where the husband was. Let's go through like all the motions instead of, yeah, there's a freaking serial killer on the loose. I mean, that, that is too far fetched. Right. Right. Yeah. And they did eventually. I mean, they went through her ex who had an Lord. airtight alibi. He was out hunting Jesus. that weekend. Of course, that's who they look at Do first. Do you think the girl would have recognized him? Like, True. she would have known that. That's a good point. That was like Richard. I have no idea what the guy's name was. That was Richard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. Anything but that. I mean, they even had uh, Kristen describe the truck that he was driving. And then they published a picture of it. And Danny's boss saw it and was like, huh, that looks like Danny's truck but you know what it has bars on the windows danny's didn't have bars so must not be him and then wrote it off i mean these people just keep letting him get away with stuff they see it happening gets reported 
and he just keeps getting away. And I think part of it is DNA wasn't really available back yeah, then Yeah, but either, I also but... common sense wasn't there either, Caitlin. Because True. I'm just saying, I'm not trying, no, no offense to people that live in Temple now. I'm talking about the people there at the time. Um, what type of like stupid shenanigans have to go on? I mean, guys, this guy is coming up every single time. How protected was this guy? I mean, it makes me think like, he must have had some, like, the parents or somebody must have had some real connections to, I mean, the authorities, y'all dropped yeah. the ball, and I love my law enforcement, but man, yep. y'all dropped the ball on this one for sure, but that's small town. Yeah, it is small town. Nobody thinks stuff. it can happen there, so they no. just keep, keep acting like it's not happening. Man, these families, I would have, literally, I would have, like, been like, we're going to come together. We're going to, like, cut this guy down. Yeah, we live in the kind of crazy, tight-knit community that does that kind of stuff, though, so, but his tight-knit community was advocating for him and not the victims no it was joke. very backwards so i said these girls families my i mean to yeah be, to not be to have that one happen to your family member and then to be told that you're lying i mean that must have just that must have driven them crazy i don't know yeah. how they kept it together i don't either so um a little a little while after that, i think he was uh, kind of went on a hiatus for about a year after that um so the following October, about a year later, something else triggers him, and he decides he's going to go out. And uh, I don't remember what school it was at, but this woman, Wendy, she was walking to her car after class. And very eerily similar scenario to Brenda earlier in our story. Um, he, she she tosses her purse into the car, grabs you know, go, reaches down to grab her sunglasses, and as soon as she sits up, she sees Danny standing in her open door. She unfortunately Lord did not Jesus. close right behind her. But I'm sure it happened fast, but still. Um, there he is, standing there with a knife, forces her in, and starts driving, um, and takes her to this, like, this community that's underdeveloped. I think it was a community, but it was some kind of development that was still in process, and he kind of takes her to this abandoned spot, um, forces her out of the car, and walks her back into like a wooded area and she keeps at first in the car she's like where are you taking me and he said i'm just hijacking your car i don't need you i'm just taking you to a place so that you're far enough away that you you know need time to walk back so she's like confident he's not going to hurt her at this point she believes him so she she walks with him she still thinks he's not going to hurt her and he has a knife run i know (sighs) yeah if you take nothing away from the story please know that you should be running especially with a freaking knife y'all I know. Karate chopped that thing out of his hand. I know. Yeah. So he he rapes her because that's what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's like, you know what? This one I think I'm going to like tie her to a tree because <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. <sighs> so he does, but he doesn't do a good job. And it's very she's just loose. standing there. I, like, who is this Wendy? Wendy, Wendy. no offense. I, I mean, and I'm not victim shaming or, you know, take, making light of it. But he has a knife. So, like, you're just standing there while he's, like, tying you up. Yeah. Fear why why aren't we fight? Yeah, why aren't we fighting for our lives at this point? I mean, even that's better than yeah. And who knows? Maybe he said like you. "scream and I'll kill you" because he did say that to um, uh, Kathy Choate, the one that he, the very first rape that was documented. He said that to her at the beginning was "scream and I'll kill you." So he could have very well have said that to his other victims as well. I mean, three of them are not alive for us. I know. They're still less unfortunate. Every time, yeah. I don't care. Kidnap for whatever reason. You, you, Scream, just, fight, do whatever. Yeah. Go in knowing that you're probably not going to make it out alive. Yeah. So fight for your life. This yeah. is crazy. So he ties her to this tree. I want to say she's naked. I've, if not, she's got to be pretty close to naked because he just finished raping her. Um, 
and he he's like, I'm still not going to hurt you. But then he walks up behind her and he tries to slit her throat. Also unsuccessfully. Mm. He, this guy? Yeah. It's almost like he went back to Brenda's crime and was like, I didn't do that well enough, so I'm going to try and do it again and make sure mm-hmm. I can do it successfully this time. But he failed at it again. Well, because he's been using the same switchblade since he was 15. Yeah, it's so it's probably now. very dull. <laughs> he's just using it on his nails and it just dulls yeah. the knife. Don't use your na- knives on your nails. Dulls them out. Yeah, you won't be able to murder if you use it on your nails. So in case you're curious, there's a pro tip for you. Lord. So similar to this, like, you know, her hands are loosely bound, so she's able to quickly grab at her throat to, you know, once, kind of your reaction. I can't. He he slits her throat, she grabs her Her hands are that loose that she can just. Yep. I can't. I think she was kind of working it loose, too, because she noticed that they were loose, so it kind of helped. But, um so anyway, eventually she has to do the same thing Brenda does. She lays there and plays dead. Oh, my lanta. I know. So she lays there, plays dead, waits for him to leave. Um, he kind of climbs back up, gets back into her car, and you know she gets up sooner than Brenda did and realizes he's still there. So she's kind of waiting and waiting for him to just leave. And eventually he leaves the parking lot. Um, and she's like all this, she's losing all this blood at this point and staggers to the road and eventually, um, you know, does get assistance. Um, she, her throat was so badly slashed though, that, um, they wanted to get a, like a witness statement and do a, a sketch, like a a sketch of the, um, perp obviously. And so they sent a sketch artist to the hospital and had her do a lot of like Q&A with like yes and no questions in order to come up with this sketch. And so as they published it, they started getting all these leads. Danny Corwin, Danny Corwin, Danny Corwin. And uh, now you bastards care. Right. Now they see it. Oh my Now God. it all makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So Last 30 years of our lives. Worst part of this is though, they go to do a photo lineup for her and she can't identify oh him. Oh my God. She remembers enough to do the sketch. But I mean, trauma does weird shit yeah, to you. That's true. It just really does. It's hard to... You know, when that you go through that true. kind of stuff, your mind can blur things very easily. But and you know, they line when they line them up, like they pick people that look similar. Uh-huh. So that doesn't help either. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't think that's very fair, personally, but whatever. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, um, they they eventually they have enough to kind of convict him at this point because you know tips are flooding in. They contact his boss again. Uh, his boss comes up into the story and they're like, you know, we think it's Danny. We're going to bring him in for questioning, whatever. Um, you know, a lot of these cases, there wasn't a lot of physical evidence for him. But there was a tech who went back into um, Wendy's car and, and looked for more fingerprints because they never lifted fingerprints. DNA wasn't a thing back then. No oh. fibers, whatever. Um, I mean, we're talking about the 80s, you know. I mean, they do we just don't realize. Right they do fingerprints, but they oh. didn't do DNA. So um, it wasn't really a thing yet. So, so this tech finds one unidentified fingerprint, and they compare it to Danny's, and it's his. So they're finally able to do something with this prick. I'm and sorry. Okay. <laughs> this is stupid. Like, I know. I'm, there's so much. He has done it before. Mm-hmm. Do you all not have... Um, a list of offenders like that that should be your first go-to when when the town starts experiencing all these rapes and killings like you go through who's been convicted of this before they really should have called in the fbi no shit in my opinion because this is all the small town cops still trying to do this the fbi should have come in with their resources and not been left to their own devices to do this because they they were not equipped to handle this case they did not keep that town safe at all nope not not from this psycho so 
so they have enough to get them. So they're all trying to kind of like, it's all these officers who have been on the different cases, right? One of them was um, Alice Martin, uh, the 72-year-old lady who was murdered mm-hmm. with a smiley face, mm-hmm. her grandson. Um, so two of the detectives are like, all right, we got we to gotta draw him out of the house. You know, we don't want to alarm him, give him a chance to run. Um, so they call his boss, say, hey, we're going to detain him tomorrow. I'm not sure why they would have trusted a man who advocated for him, right, but they right. did. And apparently he, he actually was okay with it this time. Because, um, you know, one or two killings, that's fine. But, I mean, he's pushing the limits. Yes. 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 Three. Yeah. Trying to do four. He's killing up all the women in this town. And then we're not going to have any women left. I know. And so they're like, all right, we're going to detain him tomorrow. I don't know why they waited. Maybe they had to wait on a warden or something. But this was not SWAT. So they come up with a plan. (laughs) And this one is like, (laughs) this plan is like very Three Stooges to me. Um, They're like, here's here's what we're going to do. We're gonna we're gonna take the impounded Thunderbird that's in the back lot, and we're gonna pretend we've been drinking, and they they pour a bunch of beer on themselves like yeah. they've been drinking. That's that's what I do when I get drunk. Um, I, yeah, I just cover myself in, uh-huh. in wine. Yep. And then they get in the Thunderbird, two cops, and they're like, we're, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna drive by his house and we're gonna ding his car so that he has to come out and take a look at Smart. it." Smart. Yep. So they drive by. They kind of do a quick drive by, and they realize he's in his living room in the front of the house. They can see him watching TV with his feet up. So they're like, "Oh, he's home. He's home." His clown shoes. So then they like slowly back in <laughs> into the into the truck and ding it. And um, you know, they get out and they start looking at it, hoping that he will care enough. I mean, I don't even think he had, probably didn't have a car alarm. Like, no reason for no. him to even know. He certainly didn't have a yes. dog because my dogs no. would have known like the second <laughs> somebody stepped foot on my in my driveway. Yeah. Well, he would have had sex with it and killed it probably. Oh, so, that's yeah, true. No you animals yeah. for him yeah um so he doesn't doesn't see anything so they're like okay well well now we have to like really get his attention so they go up to his house and they're like uh hey man uh we hit your car you you might want to come take a look there's no damage but you probably want to come take a look oh my gosh like have you ever drawn a a perp out i don't nothing surprises me all they had to do was get a chick getting into a car and bam danny's there true danny just shows up like that is a very good point you're wrong date. That's all. Yeah, just get a chick getting into a car. You got him. So, you know, he's like, it's fine. And they're like, no, maybe you should really come and take a look. So he's like, okay, whatever. So he comes out, and one of the uh, officers um, comes out from, like, the side of the house and tackles him, and he's like, sheriff's department, mother ever. <laughs> I just imagine this is, like, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have no idea what this detective looked like, but that is who I picture saying that. Yeah. Sheriff's department, mother ever. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> so they got him. Jeez. They got him. And he, you know, long story long here, he was eventually convicted. Uh, he does go to trial. All these women who did survive his attacks uh, testified against him. Finally. I think Becky, his ex-girlfriend, might have testified against him as well. He is um, sentenced to death, thank God, um, by lethal injection because the electric chair had been outlawed at that point. Um, and eventually is um you know, put to death. Um, uh, Mary, his last murder victim, her sister and uh, niece, I believe, eventually went up and spoke to Danny in length about this because, you know, they just had a lot of why questions and he eventually agreed to meet with them. Um, And so, you know, I think maybe that offered some closure, but uh, his parents did not, his family members did not show up for the execution. And he, in his final statement, was like thanking Mary's sister and niece for coming and giving him a chance to get the stuff off his chest and he was very sorry that he did any of these things. Sure you are. Very remorseful. You're sorry you're about to die. That's what you're sorry about. Right. Blah, blah, blah. You give a crap. 
Yeah. Well, he felt invincible because mm-hmm. he had repeatedly um, gotten away with it over and over and over again. And he has this whole town snowed. Yep. Um, I would like to know what the IQ is of everybody in this town. Zero. Jeez. Collectively. Yep. Um, but yeah, he's he's completely feeling invincible and he's a moron. So Danny, you suck. Yep. He does suck. He's a trash bag of a human being and he got what he had coming to him. So, unfortunately, that is the story of Danny Corwin. Um, if you if you get a chance, it's on audiobooks on, on Amazon. Um, you know, we don't have any endorsement deal with them, but I feel like it was a pretty good book, and um, that's where all of our information came from. There's really not a lot of other information out there. Everything that I have found actually goes straight back to the book because that's where people found all of this information. Um, even on Reddit, there's a couple of stories. There's not a lot of information out there about it. Um, but if you want to hear more about Danny Corwin, it's called The Demon Next Door by Brian Burrow. And um, you should definitely check it out if you get a chance um, to do that. I personally love audiobooks. It, uh, I can I can multitask with them. Very you know? true. Very true. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah. So that is that's all I got on that. But um, you know we are going to be coming to you with a weekly podcast. I hope you enjoyed your first episode, and uh, we look forward to being able to bring you lots of new content. This one, like I said, isn't a lot out there. So I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you are interested, definitely click the follow button um, wherever you're listening. We're we're listed on uh, most of the podcasting sites, so follow us there. Um, follow us on social media at Moms Who Talk Crime on Facebook and on Instagram. And um, you know, if you if you like what you're hearing, definitely give us a review, five stars, uh, whatever the best is. Just give us that. <laughs> tell us. Tell everybody. Tell all your friends. Help us to yes. you know. Yes. Uh, the more people that we can kind of get interested in this the better so that we can keep this going we really enjoy doing this and we hope we can keep it keep it going for a long time so yeah and if you have suggestions yeah. on stories that you'd like us to cover we're all ears yep you can email us at moms who talk crime at gmail.com and that information will be in the show notes as well we're going to upload some pictures about this case to instagram um so you can see some of our source material there and yeah if you have any questions um or suggestions now we are eventually going to be doing dumb criminals Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that's something definitely we would love some suggestions on as well if you if you have a favorite story of dumb criminals that you can send our way we would love to cover that as well but anything any kind of crime we want to cover it all not just murders even though there's plenty of those to go around um we want to cover all of it so um Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to talk to you again soon. See ya. Bye.